0: Side. You look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. Are you listening to me, Neo? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress?
1: Well, good morning. Good Monday morning. Here, July twenty fifth, two thousand and sixteen. Welcome to the Mark Rosen Show here on the Crusade Channel, part of the Veritas Radio Network. Radio the way it should be. Take your eyes off the woman in the red dress. It is imperative at this perilous time, this dark time, as the Trumpster's speech was uh, coined. Take your eyes off the woman in the red dress and focus on the real problem, folks. It has nothing to do with the RNC convention, nor the upcoming DNC convention that apparently is going to be gaveled in tonight, Sands. Uh, Debbie Washerman Schultz. Uh, Don't get distracted by this, folks. It's going to be easy to get pulled into it, thinking this is going to be different this time. But don't fall for it. I'm glad you joined us here. We're live, 6 a.m. Central Time to 8 a.m. Central Time. Followed by my good friend Mike Church, host of the Mike Church Show. He picks up right after my show. Takes it to 11-ish. And then we've got a whole host of programming throughout the day, including my good friend Greg Carpenter's show, Reverse Deception. You'll want to tune into his show this afternoon. As a live call-in program, you can call us anytime you'd like at 844-5-CRUSADE, 844-527-8723. <clears throat> my website is markcresslins.com. And through that website, you can email me at markcreslins.com at That's M-A-R-K-K-R-E-S-L-I-N-S dot com. Please go to my Facebook page, Facebook slash The Mark Kreslin Show. And uh, while you're there, please like the page. That's another way for us to stay in touch in these perilous times. And you can always follow me over at Twitter, at Mark Kreslin. So anyways, that's kind of the... Important stuff we got to talk about out of the gate. Well, what is going on? Missed you guys on Friday, but I was at a meeting and uh, heard some very interesting things about the Trumpster. Uh, This was a Summit I was at with a bunch of other people and leaders in the evangelical Christian community Heard some uh, rather interesting stories from one particular popular um Christian leader who spends a fair amount of time with Donald Trump. And you, those of you who are Christians and call yourself that or identify yourself that way and who have nothing but the highest hopes for Donald Trump, namely that he would convert to Christianity, uh, for those of you in my persuasion uh, as born-again Christians, that he would be born again. Uh, You should be praying that because there's a great deal going on, not only in Donald's life, but also in the uh, family, the lives of the kids. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, It's interesting as you get closer to uh, that final breath and the Trumpster is clearly closer to that than than I am. He's I think he's almost 70 or something like that. You start thinking about eternity. Now, really, if you're smart, you'll think about eternity when you're 10. Um, But uh, there's certain realities to this. My father became a Christian just before he died, literally, two weeks. My mother-in-law became a Christian just a few days before she died. And so people do tend to think they can put that off, and, and there's a reality you can. But on the other hand, why live a life... Absent sans Jesus when He is always right there. Uh, so please uh, continue to pray for the Trumpster and that He would come to know Jesus. And in that regard, pray for Hillary too, especially those of us who are Christians. You know, the the uh, there's a teaching in the book of First Timothy to pray for kings and rulers and those in authority over us, so that we might lead, lead quiet and simple lives. Well, as we all know, government can inf- impact and influence our lives in such a way that we don't uh, lead quiet and simple lives. In fact, we don't lead quiet and simple lives right now thanks to uh, government. I'm going to get to a topic on that here later in the show. It's about the impact of this uh, stupid $15 minimum wage um, hike that is the impact that's having on some businesses and I'm gonna read a specific story about that and discuss why government should not be as involved in our lives as it is right now so pray and for your the kings and rulers and those in authority because if uh if you don't then um you're just Making it easier for them to make sure you don't have a quiet and simple life. Uh, and I think that's what I prefer. I'd prefer a quiet and simple life. I don't like the hectic pace of our days today. It's a um, It's just a strange time we live in folks. Well, as you all know, the Trumpster accepted the nomination uh, to be the Republican presidential candidate for 2016. And let's be honest, folks. We all kind of have to be a little bit surprised by that, right? Uh, I am. I'll be frank with you. When this whole thing started, I gave no thought that we would arrive at um, here in July of twenty sixteen with Donald Trump as the presidential nomination nominee. Now let me as always feel like I need to qualify this. I'm not I'm not changing, I'm not being tossed to and fro by every wind of Republican policy or soundbite from Donald Trump. I'm not voting for the Trumpster. So let me qualify it and uh, be clear i'm i'm a principled person i 'm aligning my principles, my deeply held principles with my political activism. I believe the system of government we have is broken i don't get tossed around just because some new face is on the horizon i'm no no more supportive of Trump today than I was uh six months ago, which means I was not supportive of Trump nor any other candidate. It would not have mattered of any of those 17, whichever one uh, arrived at the position of the Republican nominee. Likewise, it doesn't matter to me who ends up as a Democrat. And obviously we know who that is, Hillary. It doesn't matter to me that Gary Johnson is running. Um, I have a whole different set of reasons why I'm going to vote. I don't consent to this system of government because that is my position. And quite frankly, that should be your position. How can you consent to this thing? This is an absolute, utter nightmare of a government we have on our hands, and it's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Now, Trump did say in his um, acceptance speech some interesting things. A couple of things I want to touch on out of the gate. I wasn't available Friday because I was at this meeting, so I was not able to weigh in Friday morning with my analysis of the uh, acceptance speech, so this morning I will. What were the highlights? Well, let's start with the lowlights first. The lowlights, for me, is a perception that Trump has built and it's a to me a wrong one, but it kind of fits the nature of our system of government today that he will do all these things uh he will uh, do this and that and when he's elected now I get some of that as speech writing and and a can- any uh, campaign speech of sorts and Uh, But the reality is uh, that's not even close to a respecter of the supposed system of government we have called federalism, and then within the context of that, the national government or the federal government having built-in checks and balances. The the president really has very limited powers in the three branches designed specifically that way. The legislature is supposed to have the most power, but of course it's advocated all its powers. Um, we'll talk about that here in a moment. Um, but the reality is uh, Trump made certain claims throughout the speech that he was going to do this and this, or that it was going to end right away, translated when I'm sworn in. Um, and so I thought that was a, a downside only insofar as it's just like every other megalomaniac candidate out there that will say the same things. I will do this, I will do that. Um, so I thought that was a downside. I thought his emphasis on law and order uh, is concerning. Not that I'm against um, law and order. I, I, I actually like order. I like, like it when things are calm. I don't have any interest in having constant turmoil in the world, nor in the community I live in. And quite frankly, where I live, it's not constant turmoil. We, we do lead rather simple lives here in the center part of the country, in Oklahoma. And there isn't constant turmoil. But at the same point, I don't want this to turn into a police state where we just have more laws written uh, on the books. Do I uh, believe we should support law enforcement's efforts to the degree they are enforcing laws that actually mean something? Yes, yes. But they are put in, in my view, in a very untenable position uh, to be enforcing all these stupid laws. I draw your attention back to a conversation I had last week about uh, Eric, I don't want to say his name wrong again, Uh, the the black guy up there in New York City who was uh, killed by those cops for selling cigarettes because he uh, sold them on the black market. Lost his life because of that. So when legislators, you know, you know who the real guilty party is in these, in these uh, uh, interactions between law enforcement and the population uh, that have escalated to where people are dying on the streets now because of stupid laws? Do you know who started all this? It's your stinking legislators that started it. It's the guys who raise their hand and say, oh, vote for me, vote for me. I, I want to be on the city council so I can write laws. Or in your state capitol, the guys that raise their hand, vote for me, vote for me. I want to be a state senator. I I want to be a state representative. Or I want to be the governor. Well, state senator or state representative, forget governor. They don't write laws. I want to write, I want to make laws. Or the worst of the worst, the absolute worst of the worst, the people who raise their hand, I want to be a congressman. I want to be either a U.S. senator or a U.S. House member. Vote for me, vote for me. And then they go there and write stupid laws. Eric Gardner, thank you, Rick. But you know what? They're they're never discussed, are they, in this whole uh, excessive force issue? Black Lives Matter thinks the problem are with the cops. The problem is your stupid legislatures that you people contend, not you people in the listening audience, But people continue to run to the polls and vote for their guy so they can do what? They can go and make laws. And so many of these laws are stupid laws that shouldn't even be on the books. But you always got to follow the money on this. Somebody's getting a benefit from your buddy lawmaker writing a law. Somebody's benefiting from that, folks. And it's almost always somebody's benefiting financially from it. So I, quite frankly, have a very low view of the legislature. Very dim view. And am reading and studying much more about alternative ways to create some kind of system of law. I do not think the best way to do it is through a legislature. I don't. I just don't. I haven't come up with the alternative that is better, but I'm studying. I'm ingesting great amount of information about the history, uh, through history, of what's been done before, what worked, what doesn't work. See, folks, when, when you start out, when you abandon this idea that the Constitution is divine or sacrosanct, meaning... You can't change it. It's authoritative. It's the, only, it's the best system of government ever. Well, prove it. Prove that the Constitution is the best system of government of all time. Prove that the three branches of a government, you see them in the state, you see them at the local level, a mayor, a county council, some kind of county court system. its all. Prove to me that the three branches of government is actually functioning the way it's promoted that it was supposed to function. You can't. Call me at 844-5-CRUSADE, 844-527-8723. Everybody has seen the stack of regulations uh, that have come out of Washington, D.C. I think there's over 100,000 pages of regulations. Well, that's just the federal government. Why don't you look in your own state and see the... Uh, book of state regulations and then why don't you go to your county and look at your own county book of regulations and then look at your uh, city and look at your city ordinances. Where did all those come from? They come from the guys who raise their hand and say vote for me I want to be a legislator. In other words, I want to be a lawmaker. Think about that. Think about the kind of person, think about the character and the thinking of the person that raises their hands and says, I want to go and make laws that govern you or that rule you or that enforced might lead to your death. And then call me and tell me that this wonderful three branches of government, the primary one being the legislature, actually works. Didn't work very well for Eric Gardner because his stupid city put stupid regulations on uh, the selling of tobacco because people wanted money from the Tax revenue that comes in from the sale of cigarettes, which automatically, when you when when taxes, confiscatory taxes are raised on products, guess what? Pop up an actual market referred to as the black market pop up. Because people get sick of paying two dollars or well, I don't even know what the tax is, but I know it's pretty steep for a pack of cigarettes. Do I smoke? No, I don't. I never have. But I don't uh, promote social engineering by our legislators. Our nanny state do-gooders slapping a tax on them. And then Eric Gardner figures out an angle. I can make some coin here if I sell him on the street for two bucks under the going price. And he gets caught and he winds up in a casket. Yeah, you know who hides? All the the, uh, pressure comes down on the guys in blue. But you know who the real guilty party is? Who never gets blamed for any of this? It's the legislators. They hide behind the cops who have to enforce these stupid laws. No one calls them out. Nobody gets after the legislators who write these stupid things or who abdicate their roles to agencies. No, they get a pass on this. So no, I am not, I, number one. The Constitution is not divine; it is not sacrosanct. There's nothing particularly special about it. I think we now have seen that in many cases it hasn't worked as as promoted. The three branches aren't checking each other at all. Please call me if you believe and defend your position that you believe the three branches of government are checking each other. 844 5 Crusade, 844 527 A723. Folks, give up on those ideas. That's just propaganda. Once You know what? I will tell you this. I will make this commitment to you. When you give up, when you unplug the matrix cable, when you stop getting distracted by the woman in the red dress, things become very clear. And most of you would be able to get on this microphone and say exactly what I'm saying. There's nothing divine nor sacrosanct about the Constitution. As Lysander Spooner described... In the middle 1800s, either the Constitution created this mess or it was incapable of preventing it from being created. It's one or the other. There's not a third option here. Either it was designed to create this nightmare we have or there were no accountable constraints within it to stop it from happening. And the checks and balance, is supposed <clears throat> great, thing, great idea that would protect us from one branch getting too powerful, just simply didn't work. So think about this. Re- remember when the, uh, you well, know, if I get it wrong, Christopher will correct me, But remember when the uh, space shuttle Challenger blew up on takeoff and they discovered uh, I may not have it right with Challenger, so if I don't, Christopher down in the studio will soon Facebook message me and tell me, you big dummy, you got the wrong shuttle. Oh, I'm right. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Christopher. So it was the Challenger that uh, blew up on takeoff. We all watched it. I I know exactly where I was when I saw that thing explode. And remember the investigation, Morton Thiokol or something like that, was the folks who made the rubber O-ring that apparently couldn't sustain the temperature changes that were going on in Florida that that evening. And so when that O-ring heated up or something, it could no longer contain the gases. Yes, Mike.
0: You're absolutely (laughs) correct. It was Morton Thiokol. There's a great book uh, on it written in 1991 called The Asbestos Racket. It was a huh. stupid regulation that Congress had made to get rid of all
1: there it is. all
0: asbestos. Uh, and they mistake that there's two different kinds of asbestos. There's the fire-retardant asbestos, which is, was used in the O-rings, used in school buildings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Why? In firemen suits? Because it works!
1: Because it works, Yeah.
0: And then there's the chrysotile asbestos. Which is what the longshoreman in Philadelphia, if you saw the movie with Joe Pecci, um, with honors. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So the chrysotile is the kind that if you do inhale it and you get it in your lungs, you will get lung cancer. That's a, yeah. But yeah. It, that's not what they used to make the O-ring. So the imbeciles at the, at the EPA EPA did not distinguish. Mm-hmm. And Morton Thiokol told NASA, you got to read that book. It's a great little book if you can find it in paperback. Uh, the asbestos racket, um, uh, and the great Warren Brooks used to write about this in the D- Detroit Free Press all the time. The, the people at Morton, the, the engineers at Morton Thiokol told NASA, look, dude, we have not tested this putty in cold. Because wow. remember, it was wow. cold that day. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember clearly. So that. what, happened, what ha- happened was is that the putty contracted, and it didn't seal. And the gases, the hot gases leaked out of the, the SRV, the solid yeah. rocket booster, yeah. and ignited a, a, a um, uh, not properly insulated li- pipe leading to the liquid tank. And it just that was a spark, and it ignited the, the, um, um, the yeah. locks, the liquid oxygen, and bam, you got Challenger. You're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. I just yeah. wanted to provide a little detail because I love that book, and I read it about five times back in the early 90s.
1: I appreciate it. I think I'll get my hands on a copy of a reading The Asbestos
0: myself. Racket is the book. Yep. Got it. All right, brother. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Well, that's, you know, great
1: feedback. Let's, and now let's look at what happened after the Challenger blew up. Did they, did they just, did NASA say, well, you know, we just had a mistake there. Um, you know, we're going to stick with the same product. Uh, we're going to hang in there with it. We believe it's going to work. And uh, we're going to launch the next shuttle with exactly the same setup as we did with the Challenger. Of course not. They had to stop and analyze what went wrong. And after a detailed investigation, we all now, as Mike just described, uh, became aware that it was an (coughs) O-ring and um, an improperly fashioned one. Well, folks, that's all I'm asking that we do with the Constitution. Why is that off-limits from analyzing whether or not it worked? Uh, If not, we just keep launching challengers, right? If not, we just keep blowing up astronauts up there. Well, in, in, in a parallel, we just keep on hanging ourselves if we don't stop and analyze this thing. It didn't work. And we all just have to take a deep breath and be okay with saying... What we believe to be the, a divinely created document didn't work. You're not sinning. You're actually being very wise. And if you read the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, you will see that wisdom is one of those paramount virtues you will find throughout the book of Proverbs. God intends us to be wise. It wouldn't be very wise of those uh, uh, engineers Uh, with the challenger to just ignore what happened and say, oh, well, you know, they must have hit a wrong button in the uh, cockpit. Or we don't even know. We don't care. Let's just fly the next mission. Folks, you know what they did. They went back and analyzed what went wrong. Well, it is high time we analyze today what went wrong with hashtag uh, the U.S. Constitution, and not be afraid to do it. My gosh, this fear of analyzing that document and trying to figure out, did something go wrong? If so, what went wrong and how do we fix it boggles my mind. Only insofar as I can remember uh, having the same kind of fear in my life at one point. So I'm careful, folks. I'm careful to paint with too much of a judgmental stroke beyond uh, that which would also capture me. I fell for it too. Well, we have to get to a time where we don't fall for it anymore, where more and more people don't fall for it. Because the solution does not lie in the Trumpster. The solution does not lie in Hillary. In fact... They both just perpetuate the problem because neither one has the power to actually do anything to the structure of government. They can operate within the, to the extent Congress will let them get away with stuff, which, as we all know, is a ton. My gosh, these executive orders are now legislative acts, folks. Let's be honest about it. It's not quite the purpose of the executive order. Um, as it was understood early on in our day. Uh, so I, it's incumbent upon us to not just ignore the O-ring problem and instead let's deal with it like mature adults should be able to deal with it and discuss, is there a better way forward? As I've said, I am not pro a legislature. I think they hide. It's an it's a entity that creates... That is so populated by so many people that it creates the opportunity to hide from accountability. This is the great dilemma of Congress is bad, but my Congress is my congressman's a great guy. Oh yeah, you ought to hear Kreslin's. If you heard his campaign stump speech, my gosh, you'd probably sing the hallelujah chorus. Yeah, we hate Congress. It's got a 9% approval rating, but my guy, my congressman, well, he's going up there and giving them heck. They are able to hide. They are largely cowards. They are not brave people. They are not the leaders you think they are. They make themselves appear to be. As I alluded to last week, my friend... Don Don Livingston and Marshall DeRosa triggered a memory last week when Mike had him on the show. By the way, I hope you all have downloaded that that program from the 19th and listened to the discussion Mike and Marshall, Professor DeRosa had. You need to, if you haven't done so yet, if you became a Founders Pass member today and not put it off, not wait to the last-minute Christmas rush, but instead became a Founders Past member for today for as little as 23 cents a day, by the way. If you became one today, you would be able to download that episode, and you would want to do that. I cannot more strongly encourage you to go to VeritasRadioNetwork.com, become a Founders Past member, and then search for Mike Church's July 19th, Episode 3 and 4. Listen to the entire thing they have a great back-and-forth discussion about the potential benefits of a Trumpster presidency. But while you're there, you also would get to download and access every show on the Veritas Radio Network, the Crusade Channel, including mine, my good friend Mike Church, host of the Mike Church Show, my good friend Gregory Carpenter, host of Reverse Deception, Dr. Michael T. George, My Story of America, Professor Dr. Kevin Gutzman, The Constitution Hour, David Simpsons. You would be able to download all those shows. They'd be at your fingertip by simply becoming a Founders Past member for as little as 23 cents a day. It's easy to do. You can even choose between an annual or yearly membership and a monthly membership. We'll hit your credit card every month if it makes it easier for you to do so. And right now, during the month of July, if you become a yearly member, if you become a Founders Past member, we'll also ship you an autographed copy of Humility of Heart, a book that was edited by my friend Mike Church, and actually he'll sign it as well. But that's not all, friends. If you also become, if you on top of that, become a founding father or crusader or make a $500 cash donation to our monthly crowdfunding campaign, you're going to get a beautiful, and I cannot emphasize that enough, beautiful handmade wooden kitchen cutting board from our friends over at McClureBlock.com. This is a uh, highly prized uh, little gift you will get from Mike, he'll send it to you directly by becoming a founding father or a crusader, or if you make a $500 cash contribution to our monthly crowdfunding campaign. Please join our crusade today, folks. Don't put it off. And become a Founders Past member by going to VeritasRadioNetwork.com and clicking the Join button, simple as that, or by calling 866-483-3833. That's 866-483-3833. Can't emphasize that enough, folks. And you'd be able to hear Mike and Professor DeRose's conversation of last week, where they get into this a little bit. So we've got to just change our thinking, friends. We've got to we've got to deal with this situation. We've got to deal with the reality. We've got a uh, a government that's unrestrained. We've got to accept the premise or the idea that the vaunted checks and balances didn't work, they're not working right now. We've got to understand that the people you send into the legislature usually are the worst people to go there. My congressman is a great guy, but we hate Congress. See, folks, when you accept the premise that this government is functioning properly, or that the Constitution is somehow, somehow matters, when you accept that premise, you fall prey to those ideas that, um, that uh, my congressman is good, but uh, Congress in general is bad. We see, the same, we see that same concept creep up in public education. Oh yeah, we know we've got problems in public education, but my teacher, why, they're just swell. You see, folks, when you never stop and examine the problem at its root, all you're doing is dealing with symptoms at that point. And you're chasing one policy after another. You're, it's, one, it's one Democrat or one Republican after another you condemn. And they hide. They get away with all of it because you get focused on the wrong thing. Again, that's why I don't come to this microphone discussing policy. I don't care. what I expect them to do all sorts of horrendous things at the city, state, and national level. I just I wake up in the morning, and right now it's 6.36, and I'm pretty sure that by day's end they will have done something that will further restrict my freedoms here in hashtag the American Union. I expect that. So why discuss it? I mean, you might just discuss it because of gradations, while one policy is is particularly uh, onerous compared to another. Well, who cares? The fact is, we're, we still allow them to do it. And until we get to the point where we decide that we're not going to allow them to do it anymore, well, it's only at that point do we really begin to discuss real solutions to real problems versus sophomoric solutions of talking about policy. Who cares? I'd fully expect them to do something tyrannical throughout the day, whether city, county, state, or national. It, uh, because we have the broken system in place. When Trent fractured his femur and needed to be medevaced out of the front yard of our home... We didn't call 911 and say, oh, Trent only has a cold. He's got the sniffles. Can you send a medevac? We had to get to the source. We had to get to the source of the problem. His femur was sideways. When he was two about a year and a half, actually, and symptoms began to appear that was making him different. We didn't go and say, oh, there's nothing wrong. We think he just stubbed his toe. No, we spent a good deal of time examining his body, trying to figure out what was wrong. Why do we, we apply that standard of getting to the root of the problem in every other area of our life except government? Why? What is wrong with us? Where did we get off track? Well, I think we've been heavily propagandized. I think in the, within the context of the Christian community, we've been told a big old fat lie that the Constitution is divine, that it has some special origins from the divine, and therefore what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Well, until enough of us, and not you in the listening audience, but until enough people around hashtag the American Union grow up a little bit and actually handle the realities of the situation rather than running away screaming, Kreslitz was talking about the Constitution again. He was saying bad things. I'm calling Mark Levin. I'm going to call Mark Levin and tell Mark Levin to get on Kreslitz. Kreslitz doesn't know the Constitution, obviously. He's over there saying the checks and balances don't work. Mark, will you get him, Levin? Will you do a show and just show him where the checks and balances are working splendidly? Kreslitz keeps saying bad things about the Constitution. Teacher, teacher, teacher. Well, until enough people grow up, and I mean that, and, and back off a mature conversation about what we do actually reshaping the system of government we have, we're going to wind up with more space shuttle Challenger accidents because it's equivalent to them saying, oh, we don't know what the problem is, but let's get the next next mission off the launch pad. In fact, we have a spare shuttle sitting around, yeah, we know that one's in the ocean right now, but... You know what? We've got all the equipment down there. Let's go ahead and fire up the next one. Let's not examine what happened. Let's ignore it. Yeah, we lost some astronaut lives. Astronaut lives. But let's let's crank up the next one. Let's get it up into orbit or try to anyways, and see if this time we can get it get it out of uh, off the uh, launch pad safely. That's akin to what we're doing when we ignore, when we just bury our heads in. Uh, the sand about the real problem. That's equivalent to the absolute n- homicidal negligence of ignoring they had an O-ring problem on that challenger. This is a hom- we're, we're complicit in homicides because we ignore the problem. We think Trump's going to fix it. We think the Republicans are going to fix it. We think the Democrats or Hillary are going to fix it. Folks, doing so is just ignoring our own complicity in the mess. And we're all complicit, complicit, including yours truly. I got blood on my hands. 56 million dead babies. Why? Because for decades, I believed that, We had to just get the right mixture of Supreme Court justices. And if we would just do that, well, by golly, you just watch how quick we end Roe versus Wade. It'll it'll end so quickly, those abortion clinics won't know what to do. And then year after year, where I became numb to the reality that another million babies died.
0: You don't decide your name.
1: So, folks, you can't ignore the problem. Either the Constitution created this mess or the Constitution was wholly inadequate to prevent it. That, my friends, is just the fact, Jack. Our telephone number is 844 Crusade trusade 8723 Remember, if you missed any of this segment or any of my previous shows, they're all available for streaming and download at theveritasradionetwork.com. Just got to click the join button. It's that easy. You will need a Founders Pass member to do so, membership to do so, though. And that'll only cost you 23 cents per day. Just go to veritasradionetwork.com, click the join button, And uh, you will see a whole host of ways that you can help us advance the Crusade Channel. This is the Mark Kreslin Show on the Crusade Channel, part of the Veritas Radio Network, radio the way it should be.